the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome along. The Friday edition of The Ride Home on this bleak... It's not really midwinter. It's not even winter yet. Listen, I, I just I said to John on the way in, I believe it's the most depressing looking day I've ever seen. I like it. It's really not inspiring. No, but I'm not saying you shouldn't be inspired. I'm saying looking at the day, it's not inspiring. Well, we're six stories up. You can't see anything out the window. Nothing. It's just this beautiful slate of gray. It's not beautiful. I think it is. No, okay. Look, I was talking to, to our boss. He was saying it's a good day for photography. I didn't hear him say that. Yeah. But yeah, sunshiny day is terrible for photography. So this is like all nuance. Okay, great. Light and shadows. All of right. Thing. Speaking of nuance and light yeah. and shadows, we had a terrific night last night with the Gettys. Oh, did we ever. Yeah. So thanks to everybody who was there. Uh, we were at the Benedum Center last night. Mm-hmm. Keith and Kristen Getty were there with their uh, Irish Christmas. It was a terrific show, as we knew it would be. We got a chance to talk to – we had talked to Keith on the air um, – was either earlier this week or the weekend before, or the week before. I don't right. remember when exactly it was. Oh, anyway, I thought he was somebody else. We got. We're talking. We're talking to Keith, who is. No, 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 wait, no. Such a he is such a gracious guy. We had a wonderful time. We go out on stage and do a little thing. Yeah, right. We're on stage literally sixty Nine, seconds. Sixty seconds tops. Ooh-ha. Come backstage, and this guy approaches us, and it's pitch dark back there. Totally dark. It's pitch dark. There's a face in front of me, and he's yeah. going, "I little do, let me the light of only be." And he's talking to us very graciously about several things, and blah 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 blah, and it was lovely. And so he he, so I said we, I made a joke and kind of patted him on the on the shoulder, and he walked away. And John says. Who was that? Who's that guy? I said, that's Keith Getty. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, the guy we talked to often. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Had I'm, you never seen his face before? Well, well it was I'm dark. telling you. It was super dark. All it, it was. was in the middle of. Well, who, do, who else do you think it's going to be? I had, We're backstage at the Getty show. It's the dude with the Irish accent. Who else? He's the headliner. You think He's, you think it's Ricky Skaggs? I don't know who it was. Seriously, I did not know who it was. It was and a terrific it, night. It was a beautiful night. Keith and Just Kristen so are the loveliest most gracious mm-hmm. people and every person on that stage is just oh, epically epically schooled and Ricky talented. Skaggs. How about that choir? There's 220 people in a choir on stage at the Benedum. Don't you love a yeah, huge choir? I did. I really did. It's fabulous. I really enjoyed the night. So thanks to everybody mm-hmm. for being there. Okay, but good news about Astrobotic. Listen to this. Now, this is a company that that we've had a lot of interest in since they opened to Pittsburgh, but especially John because he's like really geeked about yeah, it. Yeah, well, they were on the air with this. The they, guy I know. Him. Yeah. So Astrobotics, which is this uh, high-tech company. I think it's singular. Astrobotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, their whole intent is to get to the moon. And uh, today they announced a, 47, a purchase of a 47,000-square-foot building renovated on Pittsburgh's north side with the hopes of this $6.5 million project, $6.5 million project to build a lunar lander to test it 
at the Northside facility to, within this decade, land it on the moon. They what? To, I'm sorry. What? Not even wait, this decade. Wait. From the north side to the moon? Yes. You're going to lose your mind. They hope to launch a mission to the moon, get this, in 2021. 2021. The goal is to have that area ready by May 2020, then to work to finish uh, the other buildings. 2021, they're going to put this lander on the moon from the north side to the lunar surface. Please tell me how excited you are about oh that. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I just love it so much. <laughs> when I saw that, I kind of got sweaty. Really, I did. I just Mike, he got sweaty. It's fabulous. I, just, I mean, to think that surprised. Pittsburgh has a little piece of that. <laughs> Mike was anticipating that surprise. No, he knew it was what coming. What do you mean? I'm not like, known for my sweatiness, am I? Is that, is that a conversation well, you two I, have behind I my back? Know, I don't know another adult who gets more excited about space things than you. Really? I think that includes Hugh Ross, and he's an astrophysicist. Oh, okay. I think John beats him in I level love of it. excitement. I, I, love, lo- I love that about you. It's I just think, I think that's awesome. All right, so coming up next, 16 couple gifts to buy for yourselves this Christmas. Now, I've, I don't think I've ever... You ever do that? No. I've, I, we've been married, Eric and I, 27 years. I don't believe really? I've ever purchased a couple's gift. Well, like you said, like this year, we've done this. We're not going to buy a gift for each other. We're going to do this Never together. Never done that. Oh. Okay, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay? Have I missed out? Well, it's just something to you know consider. That's a, it's a different take. Instead of you know, you know, Eric buys you something, you buy Eric something. You go together as a team, and you. But I already it bought Eric something. Too late. Right. Okay, maybe next year. All right. <laughs> hey, also want to thank everybody for our Save the Children campaign. You guys are rock stars. What a huge success. Love you, love you, love you, love we you. We love, love Scott Wilder and Plumpy Lauren Littner, and you guys just all came. It was just a, an incredible response yesterday. Yep. I think about those babies, and I, I think, know. oh my gosh, look at it. I know. It's, it's happening from all of you here in the city of Pittsburgh to Niger, which is so cool. Yeah, anyway, really. So. Hey, and also, wait. What? It's time. Oh, yes, it's it is. It's time for me to tell both of you. What's that? Your weekend has begun. Fabulous. Dig it. Listen, 10 minutes past the 5 o'clock hour, 10 minutes past the 4 o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. All is right in the well in the world. Kenny Woods, as he was exiting today, Kenny Woods, the morning man here at Word FM, said, Merry Christmas, you guys. We were like, what? What's going on, man? Merry Christmas. He said, oh, I'm taking vacation. I won't be back until after Christmas. And then we realized that must mean Christmas is really soon. Holy heck. And that means I am in a bad way. Are you really? Yes. Behind the eight ball? Yes. That's eh, okay. Thanks. No worries. Appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. When we come back, we're going to talk. About the couple gifts. Oh, couple, couple gifts. Why do you gifts. think I was talking about that? Because right, I thought maybe you were going to get me a gift. I'm not getting you a gift. All right. Back in a few. Stay with us. 1.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the 
wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin from my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. Now through the end of the year, the Chevy employee discount is for everyone. Right now, you can save over $11,200 off the MSRP on select 2019 Silverado All-Stars. Or you could save over $6,000 off the MSRP on select 2020 Equinox. These deals won't last, so hurry in now for the best selection. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting WordFM to 91999. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at ExtremeTruck.net. One a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come. Sheila Ray Gregoire is back, yes. and uh, we love to have her, and Mike is particularly excited because he had to find some way to play this song <laughs> right. before Christmas Thank on goodness. our show, and he needed to s- just get the perfect right. topic, and this was it. The right guess for the right song. Sheila has supplied it. Sheila's been uh, married for 25 years. She's written eight books about sex and marriage, and we're so happy to have her back on the show to talk about 16 couple gifts you might buy for yourselves this Christmas. Sheila, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, our pleasure, Sheila. Okay, I said to John, I've never considered buying like a gift for us. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, okay. 
I, I understand that some of you listening have gifts as your love language, and so you may want to plug your ears because this may put you into mourning. But some of us who don't have gifts as our love language, it's really stressful having to buy a gift for your spouse. And it's kind of like if you if you share bank accounts anyway, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, I'm just spending your money on you and you're spending my money on me. So why not buy a gift that you both want and pool the money together? I like it. I think it's a very, very smart idea. Mm-hmm. We've done this, my wife and I, in the past. So I'm right on board with this, Sheila. Now, have you done this together? Yeah, like we we did uh, a trip to Ireland a couple of years ago. We did a walking tour, so much fun. Um, So we gave that to ourselves for Christmas because that was quite a lot of money. And instead of buying stuff we weren't sure the other person was even going to like, we thought, hey, let's do something romantic. (laughs) All right, I would love to do that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Want to go to Ireland, right? Please. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'd go to Ireland. I if if I was going on a trip, I I, there are so many options. Sure. That's a terrific idea. Okay, what about ballroom? dancing now this is something that my husband brought up to me at least a decade ago in fact you, you were in on this john why why, why was that because i brought it up you think you brought it up my well, see when my wife and i were dating this came up and she was like please can we do it and i was like yes you know that we've never done this bad husband and i believe you brought it up to my husband <laughs> to do it to do it because weren't you all going to do it together weren't you going to buy for a bunch of your, all the wives that's a long time ago yeah. now now we were together last night he's got bursitis and i've got a bad ankle <laughs> <laughs> so that ballroom dancing present may be little right down the road okay so you and your husband learned to ballroom dance yeah we did but you know what it can be anything that you want to learn together Right, like if, if it's not falling down, you choose something else romantic that you want to do, like take a cooking class, mm-hmm. you know. Um, just do something, like choose an activity so that you get off Netflix, so that you have something to look forward to throughout the week. And that way Christmas can last all year. It isn't just one day. Very nice. I love this a lot. Okay, so uh, I thought you did this a while back, Kath, that you guys bought a new mattress, and this was a big gift for the two of you. No, because the sad news is, oh, right, Sheila, and right. this is a real shame of a story, is I have vertigo and can't lay down anymore. I can't lay flat. And so we had to pull our resources for a year to buy me a bed because we couldn't <laughs> afford the other half. Oh, no. <laughs> Look, that's sad. That's that's the way it is. But, you know, sometimes you do have to make hard decisions like that. Sure, I mean, sure. he wa- obviously for me to function in my life, I had to have a special kind of bed. And it's, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. Is it like a hospital bed? It's kind of like that. Really? Yeah, it's fully adjustable. I mean, so the I head comes you up. personal. Yeah, here. I mean, geez, Sheila, all of a sudden John's asking me questions about, you know, how I'm able to sleep at night. It seems like a lot. But you get that, though. I mean, a mattress, especially today, can be oh my super gosh, pricey. over $1,000. Yeah. But how many of us even ever spend good money on our bedding mm-hmm. and right. think about how much time you spend in your bed and if you're married don't you kind of want your bed to be nice right <laughs> yes so, and you know buy right. a really nice duvet right like, and the or yeah or how nice about just seat. doing something so that your bedroom is looks like a nice place to be in Hmm. yeah and so whether it's new furniture or whether it's just something that makes you feel like you're being pampered because that's the big thing right you want a haven at the end of the day where it's just you and your spouse no kids no stress just a haven and so it's okay to spend money in your bed we so often we spend all the money in the living room that nobody right. ever uses and then we don't spend any money in the bedroom which actually gets used mm-hmm. <laughs> okay i have to go here sheila because uh in your listing of buying gifts for each other or for buying gifts together as a couple you say um you're buying matching underwear <laughs> what's going on there 
Well, I was just trying to come up with some different couple gifts, and there's this one really <laughs> That's where you funny, landed. Oh, gosh, there's this one really funny site that I found that does, like, matching underwear or matching swim, swim trunks or matching robes and pajamas, and we always do pajamas for all of my adult kids and, and sons-in-law um, at Christmas, and now we have a baby in the family, so I'm going to buy matching plaid pajamas for everybody. Well, that's <laughs> fun. That's that, that, we can take a great family photo. <laughs> that's Sheila Ray Gregoire. She's been married for 25 years. She's written a ton of books, eight about sex and marriage. We're talking about her article, 16 Couple Gifts to Buy for Yourselves This Christmas. Okay, Sheila, what else? What have we missed? Well, of course, you know, there's some really super fun ones that I've got there, um, like some a little bit of sexy ones you can put it in the stocking, right? Like 31 Days to Great Sex or something if you want to do that for your husband or wife. <laughs> but I, I think thinking about pampering yourself yes. is yeah. a really big theme because there's always stuff that you want that's just that little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to spend $100 on each other, why not pool it and spend $200 on something you really want, like Very an nice. espresso maker or, you know, for us when we were, it was this really amazing tea maker that makes it at just the right temperature for just the right amount of time steeping. And I mean, you know, just, just think about what actually makes you feel pampered. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Mike, our producer, is a, a young guy, fairly young married. Uh, he always talks about uh, wanting to learn to cook better. Mm-hmm. I-, I love this. Can you take a cooking classes together? Yeah, so go for it. Most community colleges offer like extended adult education, so they'll have some sort of cooking class. And often you can do specific uh, cuisines, right? Like you can take Southern cooking or Mexican cooking or or Asian, Japanese, whatever. And so that can be fun. And then you can even get subscription boxes that come right to your house with different spice blends and recipes and all kinds of stuff that can be fun. And then just, you know, once a month you do a big date night together where you make a really interesting meal. That's very nice. Sheila Ray Gregoire is with us. Her, her site is to love, honor, and vacuum. It's really interesting. I mean, uh, for the two of you to it's sit down. It's a great down, website. It, it really is. Yeah. I've enjoyed it a lot. Well, thank you. Sheila, yeah, thanks. And, and, th- yeah, go ahead. I just want to say it's all about, you don't want marriage to be a big to-do list. You want it to be a passionate adventure. And so let's figure out how to get there and have fun this new year. <laughs> Terrific. That's Sheila Ray Gregor. All the information available that she has to tell you to lovehonorandvacuum.com. Very nice. Thanks, Sheila. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Great ideas to love, honor, and vacuum. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 and Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. Happy holidays. The team in my pillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful. They have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety 
variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. Wendy's has been showing everyone how to do fast food right for 50 years. And now they're showing them how two-for-fives are done with Wendy's two-for-five. It's the only one where you can get Wendy's fresh, never-frozen beef and that Wendy's spicy chicken you crave. Pick two for five bucks. Choose between the Juicy Dave Single, the Tasty Spicy Chicken Sandwich, 10-piece crispy, or spicy nuggets. Come in today and taste how a real two-for-five is done. Only at Wendy's. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Price and participation may vary for a limited time only. Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. The holidays bring together people from all different backgrounds and with all different tastes. Keep everyone happy with snack basics like 2-liter Pepsi, four for $4, and extra-large Lay's, 2 for $5. Visit your family dollar store and save more. I can't believe he found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What, did he balance on that big chair? Or... Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and N Family Fire. Tonight, periods of rain, low 35. Rain changing to snow tomorrow, high 40. Cloudy and windy tomorrow night with a couple of snow showers. Storm total snowfall an inch or two, low 31. Sunday, cloudy and breezy, high 36. Monday, a bit of morning snow, followed by one to three inches of snow, sleet and rain in the afternoon, high 40. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. It's time for the Friday feature. Each week, we'll give you a few recommendations of fun stuff you might consider that'll get you out of the house and off your screen as your weekend approaches. The Friday feature this week is... Christmas. Christmas. I mean, what else is it going to be? Holy smokes. You know, you know what day it is. Yeah, 13th yeah. 13th of December, people. Uh, you know, we didn't talk about this. Today is, not that it matters, today's Friday the 13th. For a lot of people, like, this is a really big deal. I don't... I just don't, saying. Who cares? I'm just saying. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay, just saying. Okay, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't have brought it up. I'm that sounded harsh when I said, who cares? Yeah. Isn't it? Like, all of a sudden, what you're bringing up isn't worthy of me talking about. Hey, dial it down there, okay? <laughs> Could you please? Hey, first thing, I did it today. Mm. Go to PPG and go to the skating rink. Mm. do it during the day I did it just this afternoon and then head to Market Square and do the Christmas market it is so much fun Pittsburgh has done such a terrific job with that area I can't get over it and do yourself a treat and go back again when it's dark because what they're doing down there at night it is gorgeous is the uh, Christmas market open during the day Really? I was down there today shopping. I thought it would be all rolled up. And, no, and I was down there till... at the Polish market. Did you buy anything? Uh, I wanted to, but then I ran out of time because I had to get to work. Mm-hmm. And how about people? Were the people skating? Oh, yeah. People were skating. People Wonder. were shopping. It was a ton oh, of fun. Fabulous. Yeah. So you make that a, a must-do for nice. uh, this Christmas season. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
You want to ice skate? You do? No. That? I've never? never. I mean, I have ice skated a couple times, but I'm very bad, and so I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, uh, those days have passed for me. I'm just <laughs> not going to do that. Okay, yeah. So uh, what's it called? It's the Christmas Market Christmas at Market. Market Square. All right. And, yeah. of course, the skating rink and Christmas tree at PPG. Excellent. Um, the Associated Artists of Pittsburgh presents its December member exhibition, Off the Wall. Opens tonight at the office of the mayor in the hmm. city county building. There are gallery hours Saturday and Sunday also. I love this. The exhibit features 41 artists' work, and all of them are priced under $300. Hey, that is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Original art. I love that. Yes. When a, a piece I love sells, to buy original art. Oh, heck yeah. But if, you know, sometimes you feel like if I don't have 20 grand, I can't get anything. Right. So you can buy an original piece. I mean, like an oil painting. Yeah. So when a piece comes off the wall, patrons are invited to take purchased works home with them directly off the wall. I would imagine you want to get there early because all the sure. good, of course, you know, the good stuff. There's not going to be anything on the wall, right? So uh, this evening it, it kicks off. Associated Artists of Pittsburgh. I love that. Yes. Tonight, seven to ten p.m. Winter Wonderland at the Carnegie Museum of Art. Listen, mm-hmm. it's a super cool event. You can stamp your own wrapping paper. There are two different dance floors. There are all kinds of exhibit tours, and there are models in holiday costume. What? What do you mean? I don't know. Maybe they're dressed up as Santas or dressed up as, you know, winter mm. princesses or... When you say models like actual people mm-hmm. or just like a mannequin? No, actual people. Models in holiday... That's kind of weird. Oh, no. I think it's going to be awesome. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe like... someone's walking around like good King Wenceslas. Huh. Okay. Well, that'd be kind of interesting. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, it would now that like I've said it that But like, way. I'm thinking like, you know, somebody, somebody like on a runway or something, you know what I mean? But, you know, wearing like, you know, no. Dior. No, it's not like like the Prada collection for, I've, you know, fall 2020. Well, when you say models, no, I mean, that's what that's I'm thinking. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, okay. No, that's tonight, 7 to 10, Winter Wonderland at the Carnegie Museum of Art. Very nice. The Mendelssohn Choir and the Pittsburgh Symphony Pops in nine performances over two weekends. The Highmark Holiday Pop starts today, continues throughout the weekend. Also, Broadway star Ashley Brown is a featured soloist. And uh, Mendelssohn Choir is going to sing, you know, all the favorites. Uh, I just love it. Yeah, the Messiah. Yeah. Okay. Go. okay. Sunday, December 15th. That's a couple days from now, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., the Made and Found Holiday Market at the Ace Hotel. Listen, 40 sellers. It's free. And it's stuff that's produced by artists or stuff that people have found and made into art themselves. <laughs> I am all cool. about this. Yeah, that's very cool. I can't wait. You can also get brunch, coffee, and cocktails while you're there. At the Ace Hotel. Yes. Have you been there? In East Liberty. I love it there. I love I think the lobby's beautiful. Yeah. Was it like a YMCA? It was YMCA. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool, old, weird building. It really love is. Love to stay there. Uh, Sunday, December 15th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Nice. Okay. That's uh, out and about uh, around the city. Yeah, and that's it for your Friday feature. Okay. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, we got lots more ahead. Um, we're talking about uh, how to... Uh, Eat, fast, and feast. Yes. Your body uh, is fasting. This is probably a bad time to talk about no, fasting. No, this is a fast time for a lot of people. Oh, you're right, it is. Yeah. Not for me, obviously. <laughs> W-O-R-D. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new Christmas music. New, new, music. new Christmas music from Chris Tomlin, Christmas Day. Make Room by Casting Crowns. And Silver Bells from Mark Martell. Silver Bells. Silver Bells. 
the best new Christmas music, and Pittsburgh's favorites from Christmas's past. Sponsored this weekend by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. How are you? Hey, take a big whiff. Mmm, can you smell it? The real hickory wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old-fashioned hickory smoked hams. Have you ever tried a Springhouse smoked ham? The meat is so tender, it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mm mmm, a taste of days gone by. A Springhouse hickory smoked ham makes a great corporate gift in a big Springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half hickory smoked ham from the Springhouse. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting Word FM to 91999. You know Focus on the Family. How has it helped you and your family? My son is now grown, and I can honestly say we have the freedom to be great friends. Thanks to God's help and Focus on the Family. This Christmas, you can give back to Focus with a donation to provide resources that help even more families know God's design for marriage, parenting, and more. Resources that bring couples closer to each other, children closer to parents, and families closer to God's design. This Christmas, your tax-deductible gift will be matched by a grant to double your impact. It's a great way to say thank Thank you to Focus for all they've done for you and your family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword FOCUS. Christmas brings families together. We help keep them together. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword FOCUS. Remember, your tax-deductible gift will be matched by a grant to double your impact. So please give today. Go online to give at wordfm.com, keyword FOCUS. You know, for people in different spiritual disciplines or different spiritual denominations, Advent is a season of fasting similar to Lent. Now, I am from a Presbyterian background. I'm still in that denomination. That's nothing that's a reality for anything I've experienced up to this point. But I have good friends who are doing it. And I, part of me really is envious of that. I like the idea, similar to Easter, of the long fast. And then when there's a celebration, man, you blow it up. 
Right. We have this really long period of indulgence that starts at Thanksgiving and ends on New Year's Day. And it's almost like it's just too much and you can't take it in. It's not, to me, really in keeping with the spirit, the message, the the origin of Christmas. Right. But but I also know that... For a lot of people, fasting has become a lifestyle choice. Oh, and has nothing to do with spirituality. No, people or are, it can. Yeah, it can. But a lot for a lot of people who aren't necessarily spiritual, they're using it for metabolic reasons. Right. People go like twenty hours and not eat or anything. Or eighteen, or twelve, or fifteen, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So it's always a mystery to me because I'm like you, Kath. It's not of my uh, of myself, and and I have not indulged in this. So whenever I, you mean as far as making Advent a fast season. Or just, just fasting, fasting in general. In general. Okay. So when I see people do that, I think, I love the power of that. Mm-hmm. I don't fully understand it, and I've not turned the key to go ahead and activate it in my own life. Well, I know someone who has. Yes. Dr. Dr. J. J. Richards. Dr. J. Richards is a research assistant professor at the Bush School of Business at the Catholic University of America, a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute, and executive editor of The Stream. We love The Stream. He is also author or editor of more than a dozen books, including two New York Times bestsellers. His book, Money, Greed, and God, was a winner of the 2010 Templeton Enterprise Award. And Jay, we welcome you back to the show. How are you today? Just fine. Great to be with you guys again. Boy, Jay, I'm excited to talk about this because I followed you in social media and on the stream as these ideas, you've kind of been putting them out in dribs and drabs before your Mm -hmm. book dropped. Um, Now talk about how you started thinking about the idea of fasting, because this is different for you. You've written about a a lot of economic issues, a lot of cultural, political issues, but this is personal. It is personal. And what's funny about it is it's sort of uh, my longtime avocational interests that finally sort of came together. Okay. I asked me five years ago. You know, I would never have said, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to write a book on fasting," but I've always been interested in health and fitness on the one side, and honestly, spiritually, I've struggled with fasting because for some reason, um, it, it dropped out of most Christian spiritual practice. Eastern Orthodox Christians still maintain a really rigorous fasting schedule. Protestants just kind of do it here and there, and then Catholics we have what I'll call a residual fasting, where we do a little bit on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, but it's nothing like the early church when Christians didn't eat on Wednesdays and Fridays, and then they had a little mini-feast on Sunday. And so I just myself wondered, okay, why did this drop out? What are we missing? When you read Matthew 5, Jesus, you know, he doesn't anywhere tell us to fast. What he does, he presupposes that we're going to do it. He says, when you pray, Mm -hmm. when you give alms, when you fast. In other words, you know, obviously you're going to do it. And so I thought, we're missing something here. And so I had on the spiritual side struggled for a long time and then kind of discovered the physical benefits of fasting more by accident than anything else and realized you know, it's a message that Christians ought to know, that one, I think this is absolutely a spiritual practice and discipline we should all integrate. And it's not just good for us spiritually, it's good for us physically, which makes sense because we're, we're body, soul, unities after all. Yeah. So, Jay, when you say you discovered it accidentally, was it because of an illness or you were just broke? No, yeah, exactly. No, I did a couple of the broke things in college that never <laughs> occurred to me that I was fasting. But actually, yeah, I had to have a medical procedure done, and I, was, I couldn't eat for 36 hours. I was actually, at the time, I was eating a very low-carbohydrate diet already. And so I'd, totally, I'd gone 36 hours without eating, and I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and work out. This is going to be terrible. And I noticed this incredible kind of lucidity. My mind was really clear. I was strangely energetic and strong. I just sort of felt 
it's like a euphoria. And I thought, this is the weirdest thing in the world. And so I, I Googled fasting, and that's when I discovered, as you guys mentioned earlier, Kathy mentioned this, it, it's become a kind of lifestyle thing for a lot of people. Started in California as really kind of a fringe thing to do, intermittent fasting. It's now starting to kind of break out into the public. But what people don't know is there are literally hundreds of scientific articles talking about the various positive effects of fasting, everything from uh, losing weight and fighting diabetes and reversing type 2 diabetes and things like that to, um, to mental health and things like that. And so that's what I just thought. This is amazing. Nobody's uh, I combined both the kind of theological and historical and spiritual stuff with the physical stuff. So that's what I wanted to do in this book, Eat Fast Feast. Okay, so let's start with theological benefit um, or spiritual mm-hmm. benefit might be a better way to put it. As you said, Jesus mm-hmm. assumed that his followers were going to fast. He used when, not if. Um, our spiritual right. tradition doesn't uh, does not include it for the most part. I mean, it does. I mean, people have done it, but it's not mm-hmm. something that's part of our conversation on a yearly basis or on any type of regular basis. So, what has it? provided to you that you would not have received if you wouldn't have been fasting? It, it makes my uh, spiritual life much more intense. It, mm-hmm. it intensifies my prayer life. Because, I mean, if you think about it, all of us have a kind of a mind drifting problem, or at least I'm going to assume everybody has that problem like I do when I'm right, mentally right. praying I, to start thinking about everything else. Uh, but when you do something physically, right, it's a physical sacrifice. It's not torture if you do it right. But, you know, you notice when, when you're fasting physically, it, it, it's weird. It just helps focus you. I mean, think Basil the Great, the, the church father, he said fasting repels temptation and anoints unto piety. Uh, it's an artificer of chastity. In war, it fights bravely in peace. It teaches stillness. And you could read every single church father says something like this. They talk about all these amazing benefits of fasting just uniformly. I mean, you can't find one that doesn't say this, uh, and yet it has dropped out. It's a, it's a complicated historical story as to why it's mostly dropped out, but I think it's a combination of um, just us losing something that's a part of our heritage and also the way in which we eat very, very frequently, mm-hmm. very high sugar and yeah. simple carbohydrates, I think actually makes it physiologically very hard to fast. Okay. Wh- tell me about the physiological reason. Why, why is sugar and high carb a blockage there? Okay, so you got to think about the human body as a, like a hybrid, like a like a Prius, and so we can we can use energy in two different ways. We can convert carbohydrates into sugar, uh, which our body can use for fuel, or we can convert fat into these things called ketones, which is another fuel source. But if we have sugar coming in, that is, if we have carbohydrates or literal sugar coming in every three or four hours, your body's going to always do the sugar thing, and it's going to store any extra you have as body fat. You're never going to actually use the kind of slower-burning fat fuel source. And so, in other words, if you eat every three or four hours, like most of us do, at least a snack, um, you're going to keep spiking your insulin, which is telling your body, okay, bring bring more of the same. Um, And you're never going to use that that other metabolic process that burns either body fat or dietary fat, which I'm convinced is actually why – people historically were able to fast so easily because they had a lifestyle in which they varied the amount that they ate. They didn't eat so much sugar. And so it actually makes it physically much easier. And so the irony is that the blessed abundance we have to be able to have 
you know, wheat thins and granola bars and frappuccinos any time of the day or night. That's a blessing, yes. but it, it also detracts us from this ability physiologically to be able to fast easily. I see. Dr. Jay Richards is with us. His brand new work is called Eat Fast Feast, Heal Your Body While Feeding Your Soul, a Christian guide to fasting. It releases next month. So, Jay, one of the reasons why I, I'm excited by the, the work and mm-hmm. by the idea of the, the – um, the, the ideas behind fasting is that I've never done it. And I've, one of the reasons why, and maybe this is just me, I've never done it because it, I've been sort of fearful of diving into this. Like, and I've not had anybody mm-hmm. in my life who's been that template. Is, was there somebody in your life where you looked at and thought, oh, they're doing this. And so because it works for them or I see the benefits for them, I can also do that. I wish I could say that, but honestly, a, a lot of the folks around me, I mean, I knew people that were fasting, but I would even ask, you know, I'd ask Dominican sisters and Franciscans, and even they were not, you know, they fasted, but it wasn't anything really intense. Years ago, though, when I was at Asbury Seminary, I mean, this is a long time ago, I had a roommate. This is when Bill Bright had made, it was kind of a craze for a while to try to do a 40-day fast, and he did a fast. But the fast involved not eating food, but he could drink all the juice that he wanted. And so my friend, I mean, he kind of wasted away. Really? Um, and and yeah, the irony is that he was really doing, making it actually much harder on him. And so I kind of tucked that back in my mind, but I realized, well, Jesus did it for 40 days. The more I read about church history, I realized, okay, why are all these Christians able to do this when they had less to eat, their lives were less convenient, and they had much easier time fasting. And so honestly, for me, it was a kind of a gestalt. It was, it, was a, it was a series of things that all suddenly kind of clicked in my own mind. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm finding all of these amazing testimonies of churches that, that have started fasting campaigns and things like that. But, you know, I wish I could say there were lots of people around me doing it, but the truth of the matter is most of us are just like me, just not really doing it very much at all. I see. So then when you started to do this yourself, what was that process like? I mean, was it incremental or did you say, I'm going to go all in and do a 40-day fast? Definitely not go all in and do 40-day fast, and I encourage anyone that's listening not to do that. And so what I actually did is I honestly spent a year experimenting with different Mm. types of fasts Mm -hmm. at that point. Once I decided, okay, this is something that I think it's really important to do, is I fiddled around with it. And so in the book, I actually lay out a six-week plan so that you can ease into it. Because my goal is that people will develop it as a part of their lifestyle. So it's a spiritual practice, just like daily prayer and scripture reading, that they will do this. A good way to do that is if you want to do that, you don't just sort of suddenly jump in cold turkey because it's just, it's hard and it's, it's terrifying. And so what I advise people is really start out by eating for a few days a so-called ketogenic diet, which basically means a high-fat, very low-carb diet. So your body gets rid of the sugars, and it gets used to burning and using that fat-burning metabolism. Once it does is doing that, then you start limiting the amount of time, the time window during the day when you eat. Start out with a 16-8 uh, fast. So in other words, you go 16 hours of the 24-hour day without eating. Eat all your food in an eight-hour window. Next week, eat all of your food in the four-hour window. Hmm. And you keep working your way down until you're doing a one meal a day, as much as you want, which you can only eat during this one hour. And suddenly your body is getting used to going long periods of time without food. It's getting used to drawing on body fat stores. By that point, you do that for a few weeks. It's really not that hard to do a three-day straight water fast, believe it or not. No kidding. Okay, so then in the mix of all that... Uh, you talked about the benefit of about your attention span. You felt lighter, uh, more in tune. What about the idea of losing weight? Was that ever a goal? And was that a, you know was that one of the benefits? It's definitely one of the benefits, and I would say the evidence. Uh, if you want to say, okay, where's the evidence the strongest for for physical health? 
It's obesity and type 2 diabetes. There's mm-hmm. the guy that wrote the, the foreword is named Dr. Jason Song. He has a clinic in Canada in which he's reversing type 2 diabetes with this. So that's huge. It was not, I, I have to say, it wasn't a huge issue for me. I'm not especially overweight, though I do. When I really did this, I have to say I did lose some weight. I wasn't trying to lose weight, but I definitely, my body fat kind of dropped off. That was the first thing that happened. But if you maintain it, yeah, that's just kind of where you end up. And so I advise it just depends on where you are, how much you do this. If you're really, really thin and have a, a low uh, body mass index, what you do is going to be different than if you're sort of carrying around a lot of extra uh, food energy on your body. Dr. Jay Richards is with us, research assistant professor at the Bush School of Business at the Catholic University of America, also a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute, executive editor of The Stream, and the author of a ton of books, including two New York Times bestsellers. The newest one, Eat Fast, Feast, Heal Your Body While Feeding Your Soul. All right, Jay, before you leave us, I want to ask you, I want to go back to the spiritual. Um, You mentioned uh, that it changed the power of your praying. That made me think about Matthew 17. I also think it's in Mark, um, where mm-hmm. Jesus says this kind, he's talking about uh, praying, or the disciples go out, the disciples say, look, we tried to pray, we tried to, to, to send out these demons, we couldn't do it, what happened? And Jesus right. says this kind only goes out with prayer and fasting. So with your yes. experience, just what you've done, and of course you can add in theologically, theologically what you understand about the passage, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they do it? What are we missing? Well, I think that it's a perfect illustration of something that was hugely important. I don't know if you know that's actually a contested verse. Some, some main, I didn't know manuscripts that. Have it. Yeah, sometimes I talk about this in the book and try to sort it out. But there's another verse in Mark that is probably original. And so it may be that they got interpolated and moved over to Matthew. You know, the details don't really matter. But what is crucial, though, is this kind of key point, this key insight. Uh, that even prayer, even faithful prayer on the part of the disciples didn't seem to do certain things. And so fasting ends up being, you know, it's like an extra boost, a high-octane boost. And that actually makes sense if you think about what did Jesus do before he started his ministry, before he went, mm-hmm. right, when he went to war with the powers of darkness and with Satan. He spent 40 days in the desert fasting. And then, of course, Satan came to tempt him at the end, first with hunger and then with the sort of power of the world. And so in Jesus' fasting, if you look at that, what was it? It was basically a spiritual boot camp before his three-year ministry on the earth. And so I mean, what better example can we have of something that can strengthen us spiritually? We associate it with getting weak, right, with low blood sugar and not feeling strong, when in fact, if we do it right and we do it um, as a spiritual practice, I think it actually will make our lives strong, uh, spiritually stronger, and it actually make us much more fruitful when we're doing spiritual warfare. You know, isn't it interesting? I, I, I've always found that passage fascinating because it's not just that it changed the perspective of the disciples. It was actually a matter of efficacy. Like, it wasn't working. What they were doing was not working. And Jesus is saying, what you are missing is, pr- is prayer and fasting, and that will work. I mean, so there's That's actually right. something that is powerful. That is powerful in an actual, yeah. almost mechanical way. No, that's right. I mean, we very often want to, I think, overly spiritualize some of these things. But, you know, sometimes, you know, Jesus healed a man from blindness once by putting mud on his eyes, right? God, I think, sometimes he specifically chooses these 
particular pathways, water and baptism, uh, the, this physical act of fasting as a means for His grace and for the Holy Spirit to pour through. And I'm, I'm just convinced we, we wonder, okay, why is the church sort of losing focus? Why is there so much spiritual slothfulness? Well, maybe this major practice that was practiced for most of the church's history and that all Christians in different traditions have mostly abandoned, maybe that's a part of the reason. And maybe if we we sort of spontaneously by the millions decide to take it up again, that might have profound spiritual consequences. Wonderful. Jay, final thing. Just curious about how it uh, worked in your family life. Was it just you alone, you and your wife? What, what did that look like? Yeah, well, and I, I say in the book, don't try to torture other people into fasting. So don't try to make <laughs> right, your, that doesn't work well. No. Honey, honey, you really, really need to fast. That's a terrible idea. Yes. Um, and your children, too, though. I do think there is power in fasting together. I think that's the beauty of liturgy. But my advice is if you do it, if you're really fasting, people are going to notice something is happening, and they're going to ask you questions, and then they'll want to do it. And so my daughter, for instance, my, my younger daughter, who's 16, I had a major kind of stressful situation a few weeks ago. Um, she knew I was a little worried about it. I was out of town. She fasted, water only fast for two days, and nobody even asked her to do it for this. And so that's what you want. You want people to do that spontaneously because they like what they're seeing, not because you're tormenting them and torturing them to try to do it. Fabulous. Jay, thanks enough a lot. We're, we're always excited to have you I'm with excited. us. I'm excited about this, Jay. This is just a different kind of project for you, and I can't wait to get into it. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you guys. Our pleasure. Thank you. Jay Richards, uh, eat, fast, feast, heal your body while feeding your soul. It's a new release that uh, drops January 2020. So what would you do with an extra $500 a month in your budget? 500 bucks. This isn't hypothetical, by the way. This is something you may need to think about very soon if you decide to become a member of MediShare. MediShare is a way to pay for your health care, and typically it costs $500 less per month for a family versus other health care plans. So seriously, think about this. You could pay off loans, pay down a mortgage, save the money for retirement, donate to charity. That would be a big deal. But you know what? Here's the best thing. MediShare works. It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry with 400,000 members. They've shared over $2 billion in medical bills so they can help share your needs too. And with MediShare, not only do you save, you don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. And that's a beautiful thing too. So here's how you can find out more. And you might actually wind up saving even more than 500 a month. So check into it. 844-51-BIBLE. That's 844-51-BIBLE. 844-51-BIBLE. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 and Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. Happy Holidays. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. 
Visit trinityjewelers.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. Now through the end of the year, the Chevy employee discount is for everyone. So right now you can lease a new 2020 Chevy Trax LS for as low as $119 per month. This is a 36-month, 30,000-mile lease with $2,999 plus tax and registration due at signing. Must qualify with a current lease and approved credit. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Celebrity birthdays. Celebrity birthday. I like celebrity birthdays. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I'm happy that they're having a birthday, but yeah. it also gives you an excuse to think about people that you haven't thought of for a while. They're just a weird cultural touch point. Yeah. Right. Let's start with Steve Buscemi. Oh, I love Steve Buscemi. So do I. Okay. So now, I haven't seen him in nearly as many films as you have. Yeah. Okay. So Steve Buscemi, he's been acting. I mean, you know what? Before Steve Buscemi became an actor, I believe he was a mailman. Really? Yeah, like for like 20 years. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Steve Buscemi showed up at an audition, and he is one of these faces and personality types. Uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, l- look he's, him up. He's an, He was in Fargo. Oh, he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in uh, uh, board, uh, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Just a, a zillion and one thing. He is the ultimate what you would call character actor. Yeah. Um, he he's looks the like du- if you if you're thinking wait is he the guy I'm thinking of he's the dude with the bad teeth kind of yeah I don't know what if do he mean, has kind I don't of? know if he has bad teeth he just you know he's, wait, wait yeah he does that's one really? of the most that's dis- one of his things oh yeah um I, when I look at him I don't I don't know but well, I just okay. see him as just sort of like he's a mookie he's a mook mm-hmm. like a regular kind of every man yeah. kind of oily in some yep. way kind mm-hmm. of you know dirty right. Uh, but also extremely interesting. Oh my gosh, he's a terrific actor. Yeah, he really is. I absolutely love so him. So happy birthday to Steve Buscemi. How old do you think he is? I bet he's early 60s. Um, 61. 62. Hey, happy birthday, mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi. All right, do you have a favorite uh, film? No, no I, I you know, I didn't pull up uh, an right. internet movie database, but uh, no, but anytime I see him, I kind of go, Steve Buscemi, dig him. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about we go to uh, Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx, oh my gosh. I what he's just you, he's he's larger than life. Oh. I mean, that guy's electric. I mean, when, when he, he did the uh, Ray Charles biopic, which he captured. Oh just, my gosh, just fabulous! It, it was, yeah, and he won the Academy Award for that. Yes, it, right. Yeah, he's also a stand-up comedian. Yes, he's also an unbelievable vocalist, mm-hmm. and he's hilarious, super funny, absolutely. Fun. Okay, so we were talking about him on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Mike, you have a clip. Okay, this is the Wheel of Musical Impressions. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Okay, this, I believe this is um, Mick Jagger doing a Hakuna Matata. Oh, yeah. Sure. Right. Okay, so after this, does he do uh, Dreamgirls? I think Dreamgirls comes up after this. Here we go. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, no, this is John Legend. Got a lot of million toys. 
play with I don't run that, on the ground. Does that make you laugh? That sounds just like it's so funny. <laughs> so Jimmy Fox, uh, how yep. old? Uh, what do you think? I would say he's probably a decade younger than Steve Buscemi. He's been around a long time. I'd say 51. 52. <laughs> okay, all right. Pretty darn Not good. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Pretty darn good. Also, you know, New Mike is especially excited about this. It's Taylor Swift's birthday. Hey. Taylor Swift. Why do you dislike her so much? <laughs> Uh, don't give me stories. Yeah, aren't you, aren't trying you to, sick of You see like, how I was trying to drag you uh, into yeah, that mic? Yeah, uh, yeah. But you were good. You hung back. But there's a lot of activism to Taylor Swift. Yeah, isn't there? yeah okay. How old do you think Taylor Swift is today? Uh, I read this a while ago. Uh, so I don't know why, why I did. But I know that Because of all the articles you read on Taylor Swift? Well, I, it's, I don't know. I, she came up upon my reading. Uh, she's 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 30 years old. I feel like is, she's been here a long time. That is... An unbelievable career for being 30 you got years that old. Right. It's yeah. like, Seriously. it's. I mean, what's interesting shocking. about someone like Taylor Swift is, you know, there's that raw talent you see her a long time ago. Doesn't she look like a different person? Yes. And now you yeah. see this massive. It's a whole different totally thing. Totally different. That's the power yeah. of celebrities. Yeah. Right? And they take all this thing on and reinvent themselves. Happy birthday, Taylor. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Supreme Court has announced it will hear pleas to keep President Trump's tax bank and financial records private. The justices are poised to issue decisions in June. The House Judiciary Committee voted to approve two articles of impeachment against President Trump. Bernie Bennett reports from Capitol Hill. Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler explained to reporters what the committee has done. For the third time in a little over a century and a half, the House Judiciary Committee has voted articles of impeachment against the president. Republican committee member Matt Gates of Florida also told the press that Democrats continue to ignore the damage they do through this process. With no direct evidence, with no enhanced public support for impeachment, Democrats will continue to visit the opportunity costs for this division on our country. The articles now move to the Rules Committee for approval. On Wall Street, the Dow by three points. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? 
After you prepare your heart with worship led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. This is former Pirates manager Clint Hurdle for my friends at Urban Impact. What a privilege to work with an organization that truly understands that everyone matters. This year alone, their athletics, performing arts, education, and options programs have reached over 2,300 Northside kids and served over 42,000 meals. And thanks to an incredible $300,000 matching grant, your year-end gift can have twice the impact. So make a difference today. Donate now at uifpgh.org slash match. When you're diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, a million questions flood your mind. How can this be happening? Am I going to be able to work? What's a subtype? What do I do now? We know. We went through it, too. But once you start to understand your options... You can partner with your doctor and find ways to face MBC on your own terms. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com and learn how to speak up and have a more informed conversation with your doctor. Some questions have answers. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com to find some of yours. Tonight, periods of rain, low 35, rain changing to snow tomorrow, high 40, cloudy and windy tomorrow night with a couple of snow showers, storm total snowfall an inch or two, low 31, Sunday, cloudy and breezy, high 36, Monday, a bit of morning snow, followed by one to three inches of snow, sleet and rain in the afternoon, high 40. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Okay, based upon what we just heard, it's time for a salt run. <laughs> okay? I've got a little leftover from last year that I've been holding on to, but it's coming. No, we're not talking about salt that you eat. No, no. Like, you know, rock salt or, you know, the equivalent thereof. So tell us, John, last year, how much rock salt did you use on your driveway? Now, last year was a, really a, a light year. It was a light year. Yeah, You're yeah. right. Uh, I've gone upwards of seven to 800 pounds of rock salt um, over the wintertime. Holy smoke. Yeah. Now, my here's my fear, too. that um, you know, You're going to somehow supersede that at some point? No, that my kids, now it's because my kids, you know, they're sort of my shoveling crew. Right. So one, my, one boy's already gone to college. Uh, I get a second kid who's about to depart in September, so I'll be out there by myself on that hill with a lone shovel. And you know, I, I've had I sold um, I you, sold my Mike, snowblower. Mike, he's going to be calling us. No, I'm calling. It's you. like six twenty a.m. We're Can getting text messages. Our phones are blowing up. Actually, I gave away my snowblower this year because it's one of the it was one of these behemoth things. It was a beast. It was like too heavy and you had oh, no place to store it. It was just gigantic. It was just a massive thing, and I only used it maybe twice. You know, how many big, really, truly big snowfalls we had in the last decade or so? Not a lot. Mm -hmm. So I got rid of it. Now I kind of think, 
Uh, okay, here it comes. That's all. Yeah, anyway, okay. Just that's saying, all right. salt runs in the future. Sure, I understand. All right. Hey, so, listen, we were at the, the Gettys last night. What a terrific night. Oh, my god! We had a wonderful night. Thanks to everybody who came out. We talked Loved to it. so many people. Sure did. We met Marcy. Hey, Mars. We sat right behind her. How about that? That's She's one cool. of our top fans on our Facebook page. It was so great to meet sure her in was. person. It was so weird. It was just like so coincidental. Well, she turned and said, hey, blah, 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 blah. And I looked at her face and I thought, oh, I know her. I've and seen I know her because I've seen her on Facebook right, like a right. thousand times. So that was really fun to meet uh, Marcy and her husband. Just yeah, see a bunch cool. of friends. Keith and Kristen Getty are the loveliest people. They just are. They we, I mean, we meet a ton of people. Those two are just really so gracious. Beautiful. Yeah. And the the children who sang last night. Listen, uh, the Getty's daughter sang. She's mm. almost nine. Eliza. And then a young boy sang, who I believe is the son of one of the fiddlers. And he sang once in Royal David City. Mm. He killed it. It was so perfectly done. Beautiful. First time he'd ever sung in public. Yeah. That's intimidating. I mean, that's he wasn't tw- intimidated even a little bit. 2,800 people. His pitch people. was perfect. How about the massive choir? 220 yeah. plus people on stage. Plus, I mean, bagpipes, violins, drums, you name it. It was if truly an Irish Christmas. If you've never seen the Gettys, you just, you ha- it's a spectacle. Holy smokes. There's a lot going on in the first half, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, Love really, it. so thanks to everybody for being mm-hmm. there last and, night. And uh, thanks to everybody who gave our recent uh, Save the Children oh, campaign. Oh, my gosh. Yesterday fabulous, was fabulous, just fabulous. one gift after another gift after another gift. We love Save the Children. We mm-hmm. love Scott Wilder and Lauren Lintner. Have a terrific time every time they come. We should do it. Just love it. I mean, really, there's nothing that we don't love about that ministry. Excellent all the way around. Trending on Twitter right now, hashtag things not in the Bible. Hmm. Now, this comes up. I mean, so hashtags come up because, you know, some... Some wit, generally, which I always hope for, some wit will say something or ask a question or something political will take place, and then other people pick up that thread. So this has been trending all day long, things not in the Bible. Right now, there's 8,180 tweets currently on Twitter about hashtag things not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to give you some examples of it. Okay, uh, things not in the Bible. Uh, so people are saying, you know, uh, <laughs> some of it's just ridiculous. It's super political. Of course, most listen. Most of what you'll see in a lot of Twitter is based on politics, and it's ridiculous. Right, so exactly. it's, that's just a basic understanding you have to go into it with. Right. Um, I got to sort of okay. Here's get one. Rid of the... Here's one. The word rapture. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not that's not in the Bible. Right. That's an idea that we've come up with, like the word Trinity. Right. It's not that the idea of the Trinity is not in the Bible, but that word is not present. Mm-hmm. Um, do unto others as they would do unto you. Mm-hmm. Right. Not in the Bible. Um, so I, I'm just hitting a, a, a load here where it's like oh, someone says white, white people. Right. There are there are no white people in the Bible. No, right. Right. Um, uh, and it came to pass, there would always be, uh, no, you see, I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, here's another word. Abortion isn't in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, what really happened to the dinosaurs? Not in the Bible. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the prosperity gospel. Definitely mm-hmm. not in the Bible. No. Um, sanctuary cities. Not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay, here's one I came up with. Well, there's several I came up with. Uh, dating is not in the Bible. No dating. First of all, there's no word dating because mm-hmm. that's you know an Anglo-Saxon word, right? Um, but it doesn't it doesn't exist. Yeah, never talked about. There's no dating, right? I mean, in any instance where you, there was no dating, right? 
So whatever we talk about with dating and we try to look for biblical roots, which I'm not saying is a poor practice, but I'm saying it's not like you're going to go to the Bible and find something prescriptive right? because there wasn't dating. That's not what happened. Okay. Uh, the metric system, not in the Bible. Well, either mm-hmm. it's the stupid inch, yard, and pint thing mm-hmm. we have going. Yeah. Oh, right, I, I mean, right. I think I'd rather go cubit than right. I'd rather what we have. Right. Uh, someone posts, Jesus Christ, the teenage years. He says, hear me out. Uh, they yeah. knew who he, right. who he was prior to birth, at birth, and then we jump to he's an adult. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. That's right. Uh, what else? Oh, Joel Osteen preaching. Well, nobody, I mean, right. same with anybody else preaching. Right. It's not in the Bible. So the weird thing about it is if you go and you look on Twitter right now and you you know hit hashtag things not in the Bible, as Kath said, the preponderance of it is political, which right. is, you know, the, the craziness of it all. Right. But there's also some fun things as well. Yeah. And there are some things that make you think. Yeah. Um, how about, what about you? Uh, Christmas presents. No Christmas. Pre- well, wait, what about the three wise men? Uh, those are birthday presents. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about um, um, things not in the Bible? I'm okay. You're okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah. In, I'm in, okay. You're okay. Right. So it's. Literally the opposite Mm -hmm. is you're a disaster, as am I. Right. Things not in the Bible, the internet. (laughs) Right. Not in the Bible. Right. I wonder about this often. Uh, Things not in the Bible, the trimming of fingernails. Were you hoping that there'd be some sort of directive? I always wonder about that because, you know, like, you know, there's like Jesus with the nard, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's all this, there is hygiene in the Bible. Right. Yeah. A lot, a lot of hygiene in particular in the old Testament. But I don't think I've ever read about anybody, you know, like, you know, their fingernails. And I uh, like what, like whenever I hear like, you know, um, the, the Tom Hanks movie where he's stuck on an Island, I think Castaway. if if I was stuck on like, you know, an Island, I'd worry about, you know, trimming your nails. Like small things like that. That's a a big thing. Because what if you didn't have nail trimmers and all of a sudden your nails look like craziness? Mike, are you laughing that this is what John, don't yes. you worry about that? No, I worry never a about single that. time I worry your about that. Your toenails? I've been treated for a clinical anxiety disorder, and I've never worried about that. This is something I think about <laughs> often. I lose sleep over it, quite I, frankly. Get out of here. I, I do. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm being serious. This is something, if you didn't have nail clippers, what did people do? I don't know what to tell you, John. I'm just telling you I, this is... It, okay. I mean, it's certainly made me think about it, because right, now I, mean, I can't think of anything else. I mean, not like... A hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, how did Abraham Lincoln trim his toenails? I'm just saying, okay. I don't know how we got here. I'm just telling you. Um, okay, here's something else. <laughs> yeah, it's not in the Bible. Uh, I would say the idea of church growth. No, <laughs> there's not that. All right, so now people are going to say, "No, wait, wait, wait." And in, in Acts, it says, "And God added to their number every day mm-hmm. those who were being saved." That's true, but that's the early church. Yeah. I, there's no indication that that's prescriptive for every church. Right, right. You know, I don't think— Church growth. In fact, I don't think—for for those who would say it is prescriptive for every, every church, I think that's a misreading. I think it's a—acts as a narrative, which is telling us what happened in the early church. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's prescriptive for mm-hmm. how everything should go. Um, I'm sure I'll get a lot of emails about that, which is fine. I look forward to all mm-hmm. your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think assuming that every church always growing— always increasing in number, if not your church is failing, is just a non-biblical concept. Right. Okay. How about, this is going to rankle some people, patriotism? No patriotism in the Bible? I mean, think love about it. Love of country? It. No love of country. 
I'm not. I'm not saying patriotism is a bad thing. No, of course not. No, it's patriotism. Uh, you but we're be... talking about just things that aren't in the Bible. Yes. How how many things about patriotism can you think of in the Bible? I can't think of any. I mean, but I people, think people lean towards the love of Israel, the promise of okay, what that would Israel, be. Okay, but Israel is different because Israel is a nation that God established with his chosen people. I, right. There's no other nation that's like Israel. Israel is completely unique. America is not mm-hmm. a new Israel. Right. Two totally different things. How about uh, tax breaks? Are there tax breaks in the Bible? People always talk about that. Certainly, with t- taxes are talked about. Taxes a lot. are talked about. I don't know if tax breaks are ever talked about. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's one more. Last mm-hmm. one. Happy Christmas. There's no, no happy there Christmas. Is no, no, in the no, no, you're right, right. Okay. All right, so t- trending on Twitter right now things not in the Bible, which include a lot of weird stuff. Anyway, we'll take a break, come back. We got lots more ahead of the five o'clock hour. Yes, oh. well, yeah, it's the weekend review. Oh, yes. Oh, we're t- talking about universal Unitarians. That's next. Oh, and also, it's time for Marsha at the Springhouse. Hey, Marsh, uh, how you doing Hi, today? Hi, guys. Hey. Good. How are you guys doing? We're pretty good. Yeah, we can't complain. Not at all, Marsha. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks. Same to you guys. It is sneaking right up on us. It really is. Tell us what you guys have at the Springhouse, which can make those of us who are terrified because we haven't planned enough ahead happy. (laughs) Okay. Well, first we have our hickory smoked hams, and they are amazing, which you guys both know. And it's an old-fashioned hickory smoked ham. It's an old-fashioned salt and sugar cured ham that we hang in our smokehouse. My brother Sam just went out this week and cut down the hickory tree, and we use only real hickory wood on our smoking process and it takes about 12 to 15 hours and we chill them they're ready for you to take home and bake them or you can pay a little extra and we can bake them for you if you don't want your couch to smell like smoked ham and then, <laughs> i get that i love that smell personally <laughs> and then we can prepare all kinds of other yummy stuff for you casseroles and coconut cream pie and apple cranberry pie and Um, apple crumb pie, blackberry, all kinds of homemade pies. We have amazing Christmas cookie trays that have like all the old-fashioned homemade cookies that grandma would make, and we pile it high, and they're really pretty and really yummy too. And so this is when you need to call, and the orders will be through next Friday. So then we'll have to close the door on the the orders, and um, then you'll have to take your chances after that. Come on and see if there's anything left. So then next Friday, you, that's it. You're going you're gonna to order. That's the, the, the drop deadline. Yep, drop deadline, and then you take your chances after that. All right, fabulous. <laughs> okay, Marcia, uh, people call 724-228-3339 for the Springhouse, yeah? Yes. yes. Fabulous. They, they can hop online and check out that Christmas goodie sheet for more details. Nice. Springhousemarket.com or 724-228-3339. Thanks, Marcia. Okay, now get back to work. WORD. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for 2020? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests the forever mark diamond tribute collection for your courage passion determination for your tenderness spirit and the way you love for all that you are the forever mark tribute collection a diamond for each of your qualities forever mark beautiful rare responsibly sourced explore the forever mark tribute collection at trinity jewelers mount nebo road 
Visit trinityjewelers.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 and Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. Happy Holidays. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. It's to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. Jonathan Sharks is with us, staff writer at The Ringer, who covers the NBA. But we're not going to talk about the NBA. Maybe we'll ask him about the All right, sure NBA. Why not? In his spare time, he writes about Christianity and the Bible on his blog. Jonathan, welcome in. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good, Good. Jonathan. Yeah, happy that you're with us. Uh, you wrote a piece at the Gospel Coalition that sparked our interest. The title is, Your Neighbor is Probably a Unitarian Universalist. And, and to be honest, I mean, I, I mean, it's fascinating to me how you drill down into this. One time in my life, just one time in my life, a friend of mine who is a Unitarian Universalist invited me to a service. So I, so I went. I was curious. And... um. I mean, it was interesting. I'll say that. And uh, I wasn't, you know, I don't want to be mean or dismissive in any way. But what really made me curious is at the very end of the service, Jonathan, the the, um, the pastor or the um, the facilitator said, in all earnestness, if you don't like what you heard this week, come back next week because it'll all be different. <laughs> and I thought, that wow. about right. That's, that's a lot of flexibility. That was super flexible. So talk to us, because you grew up as a Unitarian Universalist, but you are not one now. Yeah, so um, my parents both grew up in the Christian church, and they kind of fell away as they got older. I think they really liked the structure of church and the idea of, like, raising me in, like, a household with, like, morality and stuff. Okay. But they didn't really believe in Jesus anymore or the, the gospel and so I think they, they found this church, basically the new church, as a church not religion. So you go to church on Sundays, you have Sunday school class, but there's no actual, like, theological message. It's kind of just believe what you want. We're all here to love each other. Let's all kind of have fun. And, like, that's what it was. I, I talked about in the article. He basically took, like, comparable to the classes when I was growing up. Mm. So I was like, here's what Christians believe. Here's what Jews believe. Here's what Muslims believe. Here's what Hindus believe. We all leave all kinds of things. Isn't that great? Yeah. So you mentioned in your article that you think most Americans are Unitarian Universalists. But, of course, that's not what they would say because the numbers wouldn't bear that out. Yeah, I think for me, so what I talk about in the articles, most kids who grow up in the UU church don't stay in it. I believe the number was like 12%, which is like a tiny percentage. And, and my theory about why that is is that someone grew up in the church – as you get older and you're kind of trying to decide for yourself what you want to do, you look around and you're like, okay, what this church believes is what everyone else believes anyways. Like, what's the point of going to church when I can just do whatever I want mm. on my own time? Okay, like so you're saying most anyway. kids most kids who grow up UU just grow up and they might still have those same ideas about the world, but they just don't go to church. 
Yeah, because there's no there's no reason to. Right. Because like you can just go to your you live your daily life and walk around, and the same basic ideas are all around you. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, but Jonathan, for you, and you know this to be true. I mean, whether it's a Christian church or a synagogue or a UU church, one of the big selling points for people of faith is that there is community. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and that's something I think me personally. So I didn't become a Christian until I was much older, until I was about 25. And for sure, leaving the, leaving the UU church in high school until I became a Christian, that was missing in my life. So I'm not sure I could have pegged it down that specifically. I kind of looked for it, you know, with high school, college friends, just kind of the worldly lifestyle trying to find that. Mm-hmm. When you look back at your UU growing up years, um, what were the things that were emphasized? What are the things, if you say, you know, what what did your church preach? And I'm using those in air quotes. Or what did your church teach? A doctrine. Yeah. Hmm. I guess to sum it up, I'm trying to think, how would I best sum it up? It was more kind of like the world is very complicated and no one has all the answers. Mm, got it. So just do the best you can to treat everyone well because Mm -hmm. we're all trying to figure it out. I would say that's probably right. And so, again, I'm going to go back to that one experience I had. What I what I witnessed at a UU church was there was a there was some there was friendship, obviously. And there was a lot of um, there were a lot of lovely people. You know, people were like embracing and hello, friend. And, and you know, there was that sense of kindness and community. That, and for, I, I can imagine for people who don't have any faith to walk into that, that would be very, very appealing. Yeah, I think my, my experience, it's kind of like, if this makes sense, the church is kind of like, how do I say this? It's like a halfway house. Like it's for people who grew up in like more formalized religions and like religion, but then like the idea of a religion mm-hmm. and wants their kids to have that. But then the kids go into it, and they're like, okay, this is cool, but why do I need this? And so I think it's like a two-generation thing. Like, the odds are, if you're a UU person, your kids will not be, if that makes sense. I see. Got it. So then what happened to you? Oh, so for me, my story, I think it's not too uncommon for most Christian people come to faith. I just lived a very worldly life, and it was really, really empty. And I spent my early 20s kind of looking for anything, looking for meaning and partying and drugs and other people. And it's really coming up empty. And then I was actually a coworker of mine. He invited me to church and I really didn't know very many actual Christians. And he invited me to church. And then he kind of, for me, I saw his life and I thought, wow, this guy's life is way more together than mine. Maybe there's something to this. And that was kind of the first step in a long process where I became a Christian. So, I'm thinking about the numbers that you gave us and the story that you've just told. And so if the numbers bear it out and your hunch is correct, most American most Americans who say they're Christians are actually Unitarian Universalists, then a ton of people listening to our show right now are Unitarian Universalists also. And, you know, our, my good friend Leo, who whose uh, emails I read frequently on our show, um, is a Unitarian. So what is the difference in your mind and in, in your practice between where you are now and where you started out as a child? I mean, I think if you boil it down to one thing, it's like my identity comes from Jesus Christ. So like the idea, like I try to always base everything I do, the idea of like my worth as a human being comes from sacrifice Jesus made on the cross, and that sacrifice will allow me to one day live with God in eternity. Mm-hmm. And I just think for me, like, so I'm a convert, so I kind of have like the uh, 
you know, there's always this old thing like converts can be more fundamentalist. Right. So for me, it's all very simple. It's like, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the one might have you're not a Christian. And if you're a Christian, then you're going to have to come from Jesus Christ. And I think for me, not growing up in the church, that was the most important thing, because in my experience, you need an identity, you need something to believe in. And without Jesus, what happens usually is you find your identity in other people. But that is so incredibly empty because other people are always changing. So you have no set identity. That, that was basically my experience. Right. So now there's Christ, and that's the, that's the thing. And all things point to Jesus. Everything else, like, you know, if you, if you are truly walking the walk, everything else becomes secondary to that. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I, as I said, it's like, for me, it's just, it all comes back. It's identity. It's the idea that if someone else doesn't like me, then that's okay because my identity doesn't come from other people. Mm-hmm. Whereas really, growing up in the EU church, it all ends up becoming, because there's no set thing as well, the only thing that's real is other people. A lot of people think about me determines how I think about myself. And if that's your attitude, like, that's why I feel like in, in this country we have so much anxiety and depression. is because most people's identity is based on other people's opinion of them. And that is just not, right? What did you just say? Like, if your house is not built on a rock. Like, most people in this country, the house is built on sand. And, like, if your house is built on sand, you should be scared. You should be anxious. There's a lot to worry about. Yes. There's no strong foundation. Mm-hmm. So for people listening who might be from a UU perspective or from no perspective at all, and they hear you say that your identity is based in Jesus, they're like, well, that's weird. That just sounds weird. I don't even know what that means. So in practice, in reality, what does that mean for you day to day? I think the biggest thing for me, which and I don't always live up to this, obviously, the biggest sure. thing for me is I try, I try to make my decisions I try, I try to, so I guess it's, it's more just the idea that the, the, the things that happen in my life don't determine who I am, which doesn't always come true. But like, if I'm struggling at work, it doesn't affect how I think about myself. Mm, okay. If me and my wife are fighting, I think about, I think about myself. If my friends are mad at me, right? Like if, if my, if me and my, if my job, if I lose my job, which happened, which just happened before, like, I know that even if I have no job, if I have no money, if mm. I have me and my wife, something happens, I have something else I can hold on to. That, like, when things are bad in my life, I know that I have a firm foundation. Therefore, I can be more open with those things because I know they're not where I get my identity from. Fabulous. So what about your parents? When you decided to say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, what was that like? I mean... Did they think, oh, my gosh, he's going to become, like, some scary Methodist or, you know, some weird charismatic... (laughs) Yeah, so my dad had passed away already, so it was just my mom. And I think my mom is very much like, okay, I'm going to find identity through politics. And, like, I grew up – like, her her idea of, like, how do you make the world a better place is, like, kind of believe in politics, be a political activist. So for her, it's like, are you a Republican now? That was, like, her first thought. Oh. <laughs> that, wow. was, that was her worst nightmare come well, – near almost come true. Are you a Republican? Well, I mean, that makes sense, right, considering the world that we live in, right? Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's me, that, I, that's I very like significant, though, isn't it? Because John's right. That's a statement of the culture that we have. We don't have a Christian culture anymore because if we did have a Christian culture, politics would not be the king it is. Yeah, I know for me, like, even, like, becoming a Christian, that was in my head a little bit. I was like, well, like, I have to be Republican now because, like, from the outside, <laughs> all you hear about yeah. is, like, you know, those kind of things, like culture war stuff. Right. Whereas in the church, you hardly ever talk about it. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting dynamic how that works. Right. Yeah. So w- would your mom ever go to service with you? 
she's gone a few times. I think it's one of those, she still has a very much a UU mindset where she's like, oh, yeah. I'm glad you found happiness in this. That's great for you as you found this. Good. All right. Well, yeah. But it'd be good if she would find happiness in Christ as well. I pray for it all the time. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed hearing your story, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks for your transparency. I mean, the piece that you Thanks wrote. For having me on. I appreciate that. Yeah, our pleasure. Uh, your neighbor is probably a Unitarian Universalist, Jonathan Sharks, and uh, he writes at the Ringer. He covers the NBA in his spare time. Oh he yeah, writes... we need to talk to him about the. We don't have time. Okay. Well, we'll have to bring you back to talk about the NBA. You know why? Because we don't have a team. Well, you know, Pittsburgh's not an NBA city, Jonathan. Well, much to yeah, our. I guess so. It's a drag. Yeah, the closest we have is the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're not going to catch me any time rooting yeah, no. for a Cleveland team. Funny. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate you being here. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we want to know, is it better to give or to receive? This holiday season, one local winner won't have to choose. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set to a local winner and providing another set to be donated to a nearby charity. Visit any Original Mattress Factory location by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchases necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. We wish you and your family a holiday season that's filled with cheer and goodwill. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From manual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at extremetruck.net. This Christmas, put 36 holes in your golf lover's stocking for half the price with the Salem Half Price Golf Card. Get half-off savings now while supplies last. Good for 18 holes at Pheasant Ridge and 18 more at Harmony Ridge with cart, just $53. Order now before they're gone at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. So find some stockings and put a hole in one at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. Since its founding in 1876, Grove City College has helped students pursue higher education as a path to gainful employment. Ultimately, Grove City College knows that wisdom and knowledge come from the Lord. But as you graduate from Grove City College and find yourself in the workplace, what do you do with the wisdom and knowledge you've pursued? I'll tell you, John, I was surprised to read this number. 96% of graduates from Grove City are employed or in graduate school within six months. Six months of graduation. And those graduates from Grove City College go on to earn salaries that rank in the top 13% for alumni earnings. So the best ambassadors for Grove City College are really the alumni, right? So if you've got a kid and they're in the later stages of high school or maybe it's even junior high and you're starting to think what are the next five or six years going to look like, consider Grove City College because if you want your child to think about the future and grow in the knowledge of Christ plus grow in the knowledge and influence in the world, this is the place to be. If you have any questions, really, you should ask a Grover alumni because Grove City's unique mission is to equip students to pursue the unique calling through academic excellence and Christ-centered learning. Do yourself a favor. Go visit Grove City College, you and your child. Look online first at GCC. 
edu. Tonight, periods of rain, low 35, rain changing to snow tomorrow, high 40, cloudy and windy tomorrow night with a couple of snow showers, storm total snowfall an inch or two, low 31, Sunday, cloudy and breezy, high 36, Monday, a bit of morning snow, followed by one to three inches of snow, sleet and rain in the afternoon, high 40. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. A new study from Pew Research compares the size and composition of households among the world's different faiths, finds that Christian children, more than members of any other religious group, live in single-parent homes. Wow. And women, what? And women, particularly Christian women, are more likely than men to live as single parents. The study also looked at the size of households. Again, researchers found that Christians, as well as Jews and people of no faith, live in the smallest households. In the United States, the three groups live in similarly sized households. On average, 3.4 people for Christians per household, 3.2 for people of no faith, and 3.0 for Jews. Now, that may not be intuitive given that Jewish and Christian teachings value marriage and family. The study acknowledges that religion is not only the cause at play here. Many factors affect household sizes, some perhaps more important than religion. There might be cultural norms, income, education, access to good health care, and retirement benefits. Quote, it is interwoven and bidirectional, and we can't parse the main cause, says Stephanie Kramer, a Pew researcher. The casual arrows are going in so many directions. Okay, so now wait. What Are they comparing them to Muslim households? Here's the deal. Muslims across the globe live in the biggest households. The average Muslim resides in a home of 6.4 people. Wow, it's twice as much. Yes. A majority of the world's Hindus live with extended families, such as grandparents and uncles and in-laws. One in 10 Jews worldwide lives alone, more than any member of any religious group. Group Now, geography also plays a huge role. By region, mm-hmm. people tend to form the smallest households in Europe, 3.1. Right. North America, 3.3. The biggest households are in sub-Sahara Africa, 6.9. And Middle East, North Africa, 6.2. Latin American, Caribbean, 4.6. How about that? That's no surprise. You it, knew that. Right. It's not a surprise. Seeing the numbers, though, it does make it seem more stark. Mm-hmm. And it it just, I don't know, it helps us to recognize that the composition of our country, and especially of Western Europe, is going to completely change oh. in the next 50 years. There's no doubt about it. We, so we talk, see Yeah, it. we talked this year about how, just last week, about how uh, Muhammad was on the top 10 list of new baby names right. in America for the first time. So- Make no mistake, America's changing. Now, I don't think that means that it's bad. I think that cultures change. But I also want to say, and I know this is a sensitive issue for people, um, but I also don't find fault with people who want to preserve their culture. You know, I know that people in Western Europe in particular are pilloried um, because of their resistance to um, people coming from other cultures and settling in their nations. So I know there's a right-wing problem in Europe, and I know that there are some associations with anti-Semitism, which, of course, I would never, never endorse and I think is appalling. At the same time, when 
like I was in Germany over the summer. When I visited Germany, I liked the fact that it was German. Of course. Because it wasn't America. It was different. I want, I went there because it was different. When I went to the Netherlands, I liked the fact the Netherlands is right next to Germany. Mm-hmm. It's totally different. Yeah. It's completely different. I love that. I loved when I was in Amsterdam. It didn't seem anything like when I was in Germany. But the problem is, as there has been massive immigration from the Muslim world, that the Muslims who are in England or Germany, they are in enclaves where they refuse to assimilate right. into the general population. And, I, and I'm saying that part of the rise of the conservative movement in Western Europe is in retaliation or in reaction to that. They're saying we don't like that. We like for you know French people to be in France, right. and we like for English people well, to be even in England. here in America. Yeah. You hear the people all the time speak English, right? I mean, but isn't okay? But this is what I'm saying. Can't there be a happy medium or maybe even a slightly unhappy medium where we recognize that we have to welcome the sojourners? We have to welcome in particular political refugees. We have to. This is our responsibility as people who say they know God is that we welcome those who are marginalized. That's who we are. If we don't do that, we are not following Jesus. And at the same time, I don't want to vilify those from other countries who are concerned about maintaining their country's distinctiveness. Of course. Because I do not think that across the board that is a bad thing. And the way it's being portrayed in America, you get one or the other. Exactly. But, you know, this is an age Or in thing. Western Europe, you get one or the other. I mean, I grew up, you know, as a kid with childhood friends. Their grandmas were Italian. They would always wear the black dress, and they never spoke English. That's just how, you know, they chose not to assimilate. But the large majority of people who come to this country choose to mm-hmm. because the opportunities are here. So you want people to fold into and become Americans, whether they're Italian-Americans, African-Americans, Irish-Americans. It's America. And that's not, you know, you know, some crazy nationalistic right. thing. Right. But it is patriotic. But you want to be the best of what we okay, have here. So we, we got a break. But right. l- let's talk about this in the future, because when, when it comes to birth rates, whether no matter who likes it or who doesn't like it, the point is, is that we're going to have a lot more Muslim Americans the next 50 years no than we have now. Exactly. A ton more. The whole thing is going to turn over. Yep. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to do um, a, a benchmark uh, piece we call the Week in Review. The Week in Review? Yeah, I can't wait to do it. It's coming yeah. up next. All right. I'm going to look back. What'd you like? What didn't you like? What did you eat? What'd you listen to? 101.5 WORD. In poverty-stricken Ethiopia, children are suffering from severe acute malnutrition. They're starving and dying. But our ministry partners at Save the Children are there to help. Your $60 one-time gift can provide the ready-to-use therapeutic food, the emergency nutrition and medication to bring a child back from the brink of death. Every little bit you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now. From your cell phone, dial pound 250. At the prompt, say the keyword, Save the Children. You can give online at wordfm.com, keyword, Save the Children. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. 
The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. This is former Pirates manager Clint Hurdle for my friends at Urban Impact. What a privilege to work with an organization that truly understands that everyone matters. This year alone, their athletics, performing arts, education, and options programs have reached over 2,300 Northside kids and served over 42,000 meals. And thanks to an incredible $300,000 matching grant, your year-end gift can have twice the impact. So make a difference today. Donate now at uifpgh.org match. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast, with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin from my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. Now through the end of the year, the Chevy employee discount is for everyone. Right now, you can save over $11,200 off the MSRP on select 2019 Silverado All-Stars. Or you can save over $6,000 off the MSRP on select 2020 Equinox. These deals won't last, so hurry in now for the best selection. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. What a week, what a week, what a week it oh was. Oh, my gosh. Holy I can smokes. hardly remember what Monday was like. Yeah. Seems like a long time ago. But that's what the Recon Review is for. Right. Give you a little uh, look back in the rearview mirror, let you know what was important, what was trivial, what you loved, what you didn't, what you listened to, what you ate, all those things. Mm-hmm. It's the Friday feature of the Week in Review. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. Okay, so as we look back, uh, we'll touch on some things that are uh, savory and some that are unsavory. Okay. I think it's the best way to put it. Mike, begin us, please. What was everyone talking about this week? Impeachment. That's it. God. I'm saying the same thing. Everyone was talking about impeachment. And the Inspector General's report. I think that's right. what made this week different. Yeah, yeah. Is that so we weren't all pointing fingers at Trump, and now we're pointing fingers at the FBI and Jim Comey and. Everybody's equally miserable. Yeah. You know what I like about it? And I do. There are some things what, I like about what it. What do you like about well, it? Well, I like to watch it, first of all, because it's live TV. Right. And, and anything li- can happen. And it's, it's live. It's kind of like watching like John Legend and Cinderella. Kind of. Well, here's the deal. Is that Cinderella? These are not professionals. Right. So you get to see like the cameras focused on one person. And then behind them, people are on their phones or sometimes they're eating something. How or about? looking weird. <laughs> Wait. This was maybe two weeks ago. How about there was some poor young woman behind the person testifying? She had like the most unbelievable head cold you've ever mm, seen. Mm. I mean, that poor thing was coughing, sneezing, blowing her nose. Her uh, She was weeping at some points. And of course, it wasn't over the emotion of the testimony. It was just that she was so sick. And you got to watch it all unfold. It was just a shame. But so... Clearly, there has to be a producer in the room. Someone has to say, the camera's going to pan by you. So you want to put someone who's not suffering from an illness... (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Someone who doesn't have Ebola All or right, something. That's, seriously, that's, okay, that's what okay, we're talking about. Okay, hit the next one, Mike. What was a conversation that made you think? John. Yeah, a couple of things, uh, but they're all centered around the same thing. So uh, we had talked to Tim Uhlhoff uh, last week, and then he challenged us to um, a gratitude... Um, Experiment. Yes. And so throughout the week, I wrote down three things every day that I was grateful for. And so for me, what, what I discovered was that I was looking at gratitude with a microscope and with a telescope. Which is really insightful. I love that. And with that, at the same time, we also talked about save the children. And, you know, anytime, you, and, and so for us, you know, when we do something like we're raising funds for a ministry, w- once we go off the air, I tend to carry that with me throughout my sure. day. I think about it. I pray about it. I, you know, it becomes something. So all that, that gratitude of my life and my children's health and where we are in this country with our, you know, the care and all that. And I, I wept for the babies that, you know, are dying on a daily basis. So I, I, I'm just deeply grateful where God has placed me because of nothing that I've done. I'm just grateful. And so that conversation with Tim Uhlhoff really changed the way I think about a lot of things. Yourself? On Tuesday's show, we talked about um, conspiracy theories. You think what? So we're, you know, it's like the JFK thing or like the deep state. Well, we did talk about both of those actually with Drew Johnson. But instead, the point he was making is that we think conspiracy theories are harmless and they're just something fun to talk about, you know, at the water cooler or, you know, on a Friday night or, you know, what do you think about the history channel? What do you think about Cyril Weck's magic bullet theory or, you know, what do you think about the deep state? You really think that there are, you know, dark minions who are trying to take the president down. But What made me think about it is he said they actually can become very harmful very quickly without you even noticing them. Mm -hmm. And our tendency to succumb to them shows our weaknesses in some point that we we we're eager to find something that we can make the boogeyman so that we can be equal parts afraid of it and equal parts smart enough to be in the elite that's figured it out and can overcome it. It's fascinating. It, it was such a... It, was, it really is. Yeah, that was too So you could show. see why conspiracy theories are, are um, valuable, maybe, in some ways. Oh, and how, and how powerful leaders can manufacture them. Yes, and how people want to lean into them, yes. right? It, yeah. it is a power thing. It was it's fascinating. And next, Mike. No. Wait. What did you eat? Hey. Okay. What did we eat? Okay, here's the deal. We have friends who were so kind, and they took us out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And we, <laughs> we went to this Listen incredible, to fabulous, amazing restaurant overlooking the precipice of Mount Washington. I mean, we should give them a plug this one time. Yes. Okay, we were at Altius. Altius. Spell it. A-L-T-I-U-S. Single. I'll, I'll be honest with you. For all the years I've lived in Pittsburgh, I've never been to a restaurant that married the beautiful view with outstanding food. Right. There's been a there are a lot of Pretenders. wonderful yeah, a lot or you get part of it right and not the other part. Listen, they get the whole stinking they thing sure right. They sure do, man. What it's a it was a beautiful small very intimate room oh. with a view that was unparalleled. Knocked now, our friends up. are not Pittsburghers, so they were like, "Oh my gosh." And even as a Pittsburgher, you I was know, like, "Oh my oh gosh." Oh my gosh. So uh, I had on the menu. And again, this was someone else was paying for the meal, so we were like, "Go. You what, what would you like to have?" I had a rack of lamb. 
I love lamb so, so much. much. Mm-hmm. Now, my family, like we've served lamb like at Christmas. They're horrified that I would serve lamb. I, I mean, it's not veal. Right. No. Right. I, and no, I don't want to eat no, veal. Right, yeah. Me neither. But a lamb? Oh, please. You don't have to ask me twice, baby. I'm right in mm-hmm. there. That was the most succulent, most It did look, and it was beautifully presented. Oh, you know what I had? It. I had king salmon with caviar. Mm. I mean, cry me a river. We are living but, big. Yeah, but I, I want to talk about Permanis today. Oh, because I was there for lunch in Market Square, and I had the giant fish sandwich with cheese. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it's the best thing I've ever had at Permanis in my whole life. And I can't tell you how many times I've eaten there. It, Whatever happened, whatever magic was done in the Market Square Permanis today, as is evidenced by the fact that when we left, there were probably 40, 50 people in line no outside. No kidding. No kidding. It was top shelf. Really? I've never had a fish sandwich at Permanis. Oh, my gosh. It was excellent. Were there fries Sometimes. and coleslaw yes, on it? Yes, of course there was. Really? That's Wouldn't be a Permanis sandwich if there weren't. What did you listen to? Well, uh, like we talked about last week, here we are, less than two weeks away from Christmas. We went to see the Gettys last night, and they played this. In the bleak midwinter, long ago. cannot hold him nor sustain heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign in the bleak midwinter it was the highlight i can't believe you picked that that is the was the to me undisputed highlight of last night's show i mean Earlier today, oh. was it not the bleak midwinter feel? The, the woman who played the violin in the middle of this song last night. Oh, my God. I don't know her name. She's from the symphony. She No, not Anne Martin. No, wait. Okay. She played the cello. Okay. No, the woman who's playing the violin. She just, I cannot even say how beautiful oh it was. That's a, that's an awesome song. That's a, it's a oh. great choice, John. Mine is so different than that. Okay, yeah. What are you, what are you listening to? I love the OJs. They were just here in Pittsburgh two last weeks week. ago. Was, was it last week? Listen, I've been on ever since I heard they were coming, and then was hating myself that I couldn't go. Final I've been tour. on a jet. I can't. I can't stop listening to them. The oh OJs. my gosh! What year do you think that was? Seventy-two. How does he do that? Mike? Seventy-two. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that. dig that. All right, hit next. What hacked you off? Oh god! I cannot believe. The Greta Thunberg is Times Person of the Year. I can't. I can't. She's a child. She's a child. I appreciate the fact that she has moral outrage, but she somehow is on an island. No adults in her life are helping her to understand that her world does not have to be determined by her worst fears. Mm-hmm. 
That is not a good example for children. We need to tell all of our children, teach them over every day, over every year, that no matter what culture they come from, that they are not defined by their greatest fear. Because whether you're talking about a kid from the north side or you're talking about a kid from Wexford or a kid from Niger, who we were talking about yesterday, everybody, kids are terrified. Kids are naturally afraid. The beauty of the gospel is that we teach them that Jesus has come so that he has our future. We don't have to live in fear anymore. Amen. This is, we're, we're taking a poor young girl and we're subjecting her to something that is at root bad for her. I agree. How dare you? A hundred percent. I mean, it breaks my heart. It really does. And I know a lot of people, you know, lift Greta Thunberg up, but there's something about that. I appreciate the fact that she cares. I appreciate the fact that she has passion. But I feel like she's being used as a tool. Yes, of course. That's all. It's not fair to this young woman. It is not fair. And if you want a person of the year, how about the people in Hong Kong? Oh my gosh. I mean, those people, I mean, they are pushing hard for democracy. How about the heroes who are working in the different outbreaks of viruses in Africa? Yeah. How about that? Oh, there's so many. How about the heroes that are working on on the southern border in the United States who are extending humanitarian aid in an absolute crisis? Yeah. A life and death crisis. I agree. Okay, so uh, All right. that, that hacked you off. Yeah, you. What hacked me off? Uh, what happened in Jersey City oh. with the kosher grocery store and the anti-Semites killing people just because they hate Jews? That makes me insane. It just the horror of that and the deep vitriolic hatred of a race of people is just... Uh, it's just wrong. It's so brutally wrong. And it, it's shocking to me that in this era of 2019... That it still happens. We are back into the Holocaust, it feels. And Jews are being targeted. If you're a young Jewish person walking around with a yarmulke on, or you, you've got a fear for your life. Right. All I can say is we as Christians, we have to be the people to defend them. I agree. We 100%. have to look at the Ten Boom family. We have to look at Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We have to look at other heroes of the Christian faith who became heroes because they followed Jesus enough to defend his people. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All We're right. up against the clock here. Okay. What do you got? Okay. Oh, we got to go now? Yeah, we got to go now. We all got right. All right. Okay, we'll come right. back for the last one. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Dan O'Neill. In John chapter 8, we see Jesus rescuing a woman from being stoned for adultery. How interesting that the time of year that this occurs is the Feast of Tabernacles, commemorating Israel dwelling 40 years in a desert in intimacy with God. During that time in the desert, the following unfolded with God and Israel. God wrote his law on tablets of stone with his finger. God pardoned Israel for spiritual adultery with the golden calf. Then God wrote the law on tablets a second time. This directly parallels Jesus writing in the dirt, defending the woman, and then writing in the dirt again. If only the leaders who wanted the woman in John 8 stone realized that God had pardoned their forefathers the way that they should have pardoned this woman, someone who could have been exonerated by the same law in which they found condemnation. At Eagle's Wings Church, we look for God's love revealed in the scriptures. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. at Taylor Alderdice High School Auditorium, 2409 Shady Avenue in Squirrel Hill. As we enter this holiday season, we've stopped to reflect on what we're grateful for. This is Greg Trzynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we're grateful for you, our loyal customers. With your support, more than half of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals. And we have been hometown-made for nearly 30 years. So thank you. We look forward to building new relationships and providing the high quality and great value that you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. We wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. 
right, we're finishing up our week in review. We got one left. Okay. Okay, can we do number six, Mike? Yeah, number we are. Number six. What was the best news you heard this week? This is easy. John, you go. Yeah, my best news. Um, so I've got five sisters. I've got all these nieces and nephews. One of my sisters, her son, who I love dearly, he's a fabulous stand-up guy. But he always, you know, even into his like late 20s, early 30s, was kind of grasping at things. Anyway, he's been married. He's got a job. Oh, which that's he loves. awesome. He's expecting. So uh, what makes me happy is my family. Okay, that's great. What do you got? Best news I was Greg Clugston's Christmas poem. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. It was aired on Tuesday's show at 410. Listen, if you haven't heard how he looks at the week or the year in review in Washington, D.C., check out the podcast. Have a great weekend. See you Monday, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.